The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. A special year in the making for the Cincinnati Bengals and some of those faces, the Ring of Honor faces in that intro on the video side of things also make it a special year because of the induction into the Ring of Honor. But uh, man, the accolades keep pouring in for the Cincinnati Bengals and they uh they're the national darlings at least for this week it would seem so um a lot of headlines going on with the Cincinnati Bengals a lot of praise being heaped onto them after that big win against the Baltimore Ravens and we're going to talk about some of those headlines as well as some of the data and aftermath coming from that game as well as things going around the rest of the division a big division game coming up not pertaining to the Cincinnati Bengals this week. So a big division game coming up. And then, uh, of course, the aftermath of the big one that the Bengals just won against the Ravens. So a lot of things going on in the AFC North. And then, of course, we're going to take a spin around the NFL as well. I'm getting a nice, for those joining the video, whether it's on our YouTube channel, whether it's on Cincy Jungle's Facebook, whether it's on uh, one of the Twitter platforms, I'm getting a nice sun uh, suntan, I guess, from... <laughs> The, the time of day out here and the glare in this particular room. I'm trying to figure out a way to mask that. We'll try and continue to, to see what I can do here to maybe remedy that. However, um, we're going to get to a lot of different stuff here. It has been a busy week. It's been a fun start to the week because of all the praise that I mentioned that the Bengals are receiving from this big win against the Baltimore Ravens. And hey, rightfully so. Big, big win from them. And uh, it was a it was a nice nice change of scenery uh, of sorts in terms of the Bengals and what we've seen over the past few years. I didn't even introduce myself. I'm Anthony Gazenza with the Orange and Black Insider and CincyJungle.com. Happy to have all of you with us for the week eight happening headlines, water cooler chat, whatever you prefer to call it. Uh, we're just kind of bouncing around a couple of different names on it, but you know it as kind of the whip around show where we headline uh we go whip around the league and go and check out headlines and see what's going on with all kinds of teams around the league let's get right to it 
and talk about some of the things that are on cincyjungle.com. They are also on uh, they're on a number of different platforms, Twitter, et cetera, some interesting points, points of data and whatnot uh, to, to, to give you here in case you have not seen them on a number of different things. And then I'll, I'll pin some of this stuff in the live chat uh, as well. Yes. Sunshine on our crew. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that includes me or not, but there's definitely some sunshine on me here uh, with the time change coming and it's still being on the West coast here. We're getting some bright, uh, bright sunshine. Hey, by the way, uh, I will be on, here's a comment from our buddy, Jeff Trenopole, uh, Cincinnati sports with strawberry ice. Great guy. And if you saw me wearing that jackpot Joey hat, that was courtesy of Jeff. Thank you. And I will be on his program tomorrow afternoon. So looking forward to that. He's got a good one coming up today with Evan McPhillips of pro football focus. So, uh, be sure to check that out today after you check out our show. And then of course, uh, tomorrow I will be on there as well. So uh, good to see Jeff and all of you saying hello. All right, long enough intro here. Let's get to it. Just a simple question here. I think we know the answer, but this is a post on cincyjungle.com. Was this the best win of the Zach Taylor era? Uh, I think you could say that the Steelers game from uh, just a couple weeks ago was a really good one. And even the Steelers game last year was a really good one for this team. This is kind of next level, though, because the pressure was on here. Nobody was really picking the Bengals. Nobody was really believing in the Bengals, the viability of their wins, etc. And they went out and proved everyone wrong, just proved everyone wrong in a number of different regards. So, uh, you got to give kudos to Zach Taylor. You got to give kudos to the rest of this team. They did not take this one lightly. Not that they, they would, but they also didn't crawl into a, a shell and, uh, you know, kind of get intimidated by the home team. And it showed. It showed in their performance. So you can check this one out on cincyjungle.com in terms of uh, what you want to make a comment of it. But I thought it was just a fun post there. Uh, I believe it's from uh, Jason Markham. So uh, it has to be one of, if not the very best win of the Zach Taylor era and really the best, I, I would think, um, dating back to, to 2015. I mentioned a couple of others, of course, as recent as earlier this year and late last year. But this one feels good, especially with the type of attention that the Bengals are receiving from this. So you gotta, you gotta appreciate this one, and hopefully the Bengals continue to ride this momentum. They have a bit of a trap game coming up against the Jets. We'll talk about that in just a second, but um, we, they've got a bit of a trap game coming up there. So let's hope they kind of keep their heads down and uh, you know get get to the business at hand and win a game that they should win this next week. Uh, here is the another one here. I thought this was a really cool one. Um, again, kind of a, an opinion piece, a commentary piece by Drew Garrison, who was on this show for um, just a few weeks ago here. We were talking about a lot of different things uh, going through these headlines. It was a, it was a really fun episode. So uh, he writes a, a deal about talking about it's time to believe in the Bengals. I pinned that in the live chats there. So go check that one out. A good piece by Drew Garrison and kind of talking about why and and maybe even some things specific to this game and what we saw in this game from the Bengals to uh, continue to pump that 
that narrative that now is going beyond the Bengals fan base and outside of the city of Cincinnati. You're seeing it on NFL Network. You're seeing it on ESPN. Saw it on Monday Night Football's telecast last night with guys like Steve Young, Randy Moss, gushing about the Bengals. So uh, it's it's an unfamiliar position. At least it has been for a little while here. So uh, we got to relish it. And yeah, the Bengals have a couple of nice wins under their belt here going forward. So um Check that article out when you get the chance from our friend Drew Garrison over at cincyjungle.com. Here are some of the snap counts in case you have not seen that. And the big the big deal here is that Jamar Chase keeps getting a, a bunch of snaps early and often. Oh, by the way, uh, there is a little bit of a, a, a kind of an interesting dichotomy that occurred this weekend here, John Ross, the last time the Bengals spent a top 10 pick on a wide receiver was John Ross. And we all kind of know how that unfortunately unfolded. He has been with the Giants. He's actually made a couple of nice plays this year. So good for him. Nice that a change of scenery works for him, but he has played officially in 51% of the snaps and uh, the Bengals will be getting a compensatory pick, I believe of the fourth round nature for him as a free agent that went elsewhere. So the Bengals not only get a bunch of production out of their most recent top five pick at wide receiver in Jamar Chase this week and through this entire year, but they also get a little bit of icing on the cake there with the, uh, with the compensatory formula working out for them in the John Ross situation. But here you go. I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but there are just some things to point out, uh, particularly when you look at the defense. I thought that was interesting. Hey, kudos to Trey Hopkins. The Bengals ended up pulling a lot of their starters too. So that shows you some other guys come in late. You see Trey Hill getting some snaps, 11% of the snaps. Trey Hopkins had struggled through the first six games of this week, but he, and we'll show you a graphic in just a second. He stepped up this week in a big way in terms of pass blocking grades from PFF. So kudos to him. Trey Flowers, new acquisition, got some time, 14 total snaps, equating to 19 in the game. Uh, Awuzie out there for 86%. Mike Hilton out there for just 37%. A little bit puzzling, but again, I think that goes into what they want to do with corralling Lamar Jackson. You saw Davis Gaither out there a lot. Obviously, Logan Wilson and others were out there. There were times where they had kind of a six-man front when they adjusted to things uh, on the defense. So these are all things to kind of keep in mind when you look at the, the snap counts. But new guy, Trey Flowers, 14 snaps in the game. Jalen Davis out there for nine. Darius Phillips only out there for nine um, on, on defense. So Eli Apple taking 86% of the snaps, and he has been showing moderate improvement as well. You got to like that. Uh, Hendrickson only out there for 44 snaps, but he made the most of them, grabbed a sack, a couple of pressures. You got to like that. Sample was one of the only injuries the Bengals had in this one, uh, 32 total snaps in this game. Hubbard was seemingly everywhere, 53 you had Wyatt Ray getting in there quite a bit, 23 snaps equating to 32%. Uh, DJ Reader in there, really only 32 snaps, 44 of the of the percentage, but uh, made the most of his snaps as well. Ogan Joby continues to play really, really well, 44 snaps, uh, otherwise 60%. Uh, Tupo in there, so you can see the big guys and all the rotations that they did on the defensive line to keep guys fresh, to keep guys healthy, and to mix the looks up to confuse Lamar Jackson, to confuse others on the team. And then let's let's uh, 
continue on with BJ Hill getting 34 snaps on the line there too. So, and then you see Wilson, Pratt, Joe Batchy out there a little bit, obviously in, in uh, garbage time, but Logan Wilson out there for 59 snaps, Jermaine Pratt out there for 47, Keem Davis Gaither out there for 39. So they were, they were using the three linebackers quite a bit. Bailey got in there for 16. Uh, I think a lot of those were more towards the end of the game. Um, and, and we've got some more news from uh, on Joe Batchy and every, everything else there in just a second. But um, that's, that's kind of, I mean, again, offensive linemen, Quentin Spain and Jonah Williams played every snap, whereas Jackson Carmen and Riley Reef got pulled along with Trey Hopkins late in the game. Isaiah Prince got some time, 10 snaps. Fred Johnson got some time. Uh, and Chris Evans got no snaps. There was, I guess, just still some issues with that hamstring. And, and credit Samaj P. Ryan. Right. I mean, after last week, we were all set to say, you know what? We've seen enough already in one game against Detroit. And it was impressive by Evans, but we've seen enough in limited snaps here. Let's give the number two running back job to Chris Evans. All Samaj P. Ryden did after coming back from the COVID list, played 30 snaps at over 50 yards rushing, including a 46 yard touchdown at the end of the game, pass blocked, and he. Joe Mixon, CJ Uzama, Drew Sample did some great work at varying times in chipping blitzers and defenders. Um, so you got to credit him there. And then, of course, he caught a pass. I think it was about 23 yards early in the game. And he's doing kickoff special teams type of work. So credit Samaj P. Ryan. You know, we all wanted to write him off, but I think that was premature based on what we saw against Baltimore. Uh, you see Ricardo Allen only in there for 15 snaps. Uh, Brandon Wilson in there for nine. Mitchell Wilcox in there for eight. Drew Sample in there for 27. Uh, C.J. Ozama with a great game was in there for 83% of the snaps. And Chase in there for 84% really was only pulled uh, at the end when, uh, when, when things were well in control. Auden Tate got some snaps late in the game. T. Higgins out there for 67 snaps. So, that's the snapshot of what's going on with the snap counts in uh, the Bengals win over the Ravens there. So uh, that should give you an idea a little bit as to what the Bengals were trying to do, particularly on defense. I think it gives you a nice uh, kind of look at what Luana Rumo was trying to do in the first and second levels of that defense, mixing a lot of guys in and out there. So uh, that is a little bit of a snapshot there. Here we go. Here is, um, here are some pieces of data and different things I want to share with you that I've got from Twitter and other sources. Here is from PFF on Twitter. Uh, best chance to make the Super Bowl from the AFC. The Bills are at 25%. The Titans are at 17%. The Ravens at 11%. And the Bengals at 10%. Oddly enough, Bengals beat the Ravens and they're still a percentage point behind. But uh, right now they have the Bengals as the fourth favorited uh, team to make it to the Super Bowl from the AFC. Not too bad considering all of the questions and all of the different things we were worried about going into this season. So uh, again, PFF giving the Bengals a 10% chance uh, for good for fourth highest in the AFC to make the Super Bowl as the AFC representative. Uh, I keep saying this week in, week out, we got to get this guy on the show um, as long as well as his uh, buddy through PFF, Evan McPhillips. We got to have him back too, but Andrew Russell, 
pass blocking grades for the Bengals in week seven versus Baltimore, a rough game for Jonah Williams, but it seemed as if most of those struggles by Jonah Williams were early in the game against Justin Houston. And not only did he correct them, but the Bengals schemed differently to be able to mask some of those issues there. So a a rough day by Jonah Williams on the pass blocking grade uh, scenario, 41.1 from pro football focus. Quentin Spain continues to play just at a really high level for this team. 77.3 in the pass blocking grade department. Look at Trey Hopkins, highest on the team. 79.2. So as I mentioned, kudos to him. Struggled throughout the beginning part of this year, coming back from that knee injury that he suffered in the last game of the season. Comes back uh, finally and in the most important game of the season, shines 79.2 pass blocking grade for Trey Hopkins. A little bit of a rough one from Jackson Carmen, but he moved some people in the run game. There are some great clips out there that you can go find just moving people was Jackson Carmen 56.7 and Riley Reef a respectable decent 65.5 not outstanding but um, it worked they pieced it together and it worked so uh, that are those are some good numbers from a couple of different guys on the Bengals offensive line continuing on with Quentin Spain and another piece of data that I wanted to share that I found on Twitter uh, from folks that are way smarter than I. These are This is at O-Line Stats. Uh, Quentin Spain allowed no pressures in this past week's big victory over the Ravens and leads all guards in pressure allowed percentage at 1.71%, which is, you know, the qualifiers are minimum of 300 snaps. What a great stat. 1.71% pressure rate allowed by Quentin Spain this year, best in the NFL in that metric. And these are the things, you know, we were worried about a lot of these things, myself included, in terms of how the Bengals offensive line was going to respond, the acquisitions they made, how they were going to to put that together. And and lo and behold, here they are, they're doing it and they're playing pretty well. And uh, so you got to, you got to like what you've seen from uh, kind of some of these guys who are overachieving a little bit. I mean, I, I think we all knew Quentin Spain was going to be a solid player. I think there, there we had some good ideas that, hey, give him a whole preseason and, and offseason with this team. Give him a new offensive line coach, and he will be at least serviceable at the, off, at the left guard spot. And he has been uh, playing very, very well, very well. So, uh, and, and a big guy, he seems to like being with the Bengals and a guy that the Bengals will need to identify in the off season because uh, he's on a one-year deal. They're going to need to identify how they're going to keep some of these guys like him and Larry Ogunjobi, who's on his own one-year deal. Uh, you've got CJ Uzama's contract coming up. So a lot of different, uh, elements this, this coming off season, but, that's months down the road. Let's let's take care of what's uh, what's happening in front of us a little bit as well. And this, I referenced this again. This is from Andrew Russell. I referenced this a little earlier on the podcast. Uh, Eli Apple, look at look at the PFF grades between weeks one through three and weeks four through seven. Um, there there is a thirty point. I mean, it's it's thirty one point one in terms of increase in average PFF grade from weeks one through three and four through seven. In weeks one through three, per Andrew Russell, 36.5 PFF grade for Eli Apple. And these last four games, 67.6 on average. So 
and here's the thing with that. It's it's not as if he is playing overly outstanding football. It's more that he is doing uh, what is, you know, mostly asked of him in the wake of filling in for a, a, a starter. So you have to, you have to really kind of respect the, at least, um, I mean, now mid sixties isn't overly great in terms of a PFF score, but it is much, much better. And the fact that you can see a 31.1 bump in PFF scores there on average over the last four games from the first three, uh, kudos to Eli Apple and kudos to Luana Rumo. Uh, you know, he's getting the best out of Eli Apple, who has been an overall disappointment since being a first round pick in the league. But uh, in this scenario, he's he's doing, um, especially in these last four games, he's doing what's asked of him. So got to got to give him some respect there. I want to go. We, we talked about Jamar Chase here. I was just given this uh, piece of information not too long ago from Pete Watt and Pete Watt is um, you can find him on Twitter at what are the odds W A T T are the odds. Um, so the rookie of the year odds have been updated and Jamar chase is now the runaway favorite for it. And this is on covers.com, but um, you can find all this information here, but essentially here's what it comes down to. Um, Jamar Chase is likely to win as the rest of the league combined is a 50-50 shot. So Jamar Chase is, is has a 50% chance of winning rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, and the rest of the league comprises the other 50%. <laughs> so if you if you do bet uh, you know, in odds of plus 100, um, you can double your money if you were to bet on, bet on him by doing that. Uh, you know, there are some other players showing out a little bit, but right now, if if there's an entire field of offensive rookie of the year candidates, one player, that being Jamar Chase, is comprising 50% of the chances that he will be nominated as such. So um, really, really interesting stuff here. And I'll put this uh, link in our live chat so you can find this out as well. But uh, this is this is just really outstanding stuff from the rookie. And you can see a little bit of the verbiage here. Um, here are some of the rookie of the year candidates. Of course, Mac Jones being in there. Maybe he surprises folks because of the team he plays for and or if they go on a late season run of some kind, you've got Najee Harris, Trevor Lawrence, who has been playing well. The team's just not winning and Trey Lance, who has been in and out of the 49ers lineups. Uh, you got Kyle Pitts, who had a nice game last week as well. Fields is struggling a little bit. And you've got some others in the NFC, Rondale Moore, Elijah Mitchell, and Kadarius Toney that are in there. But Chase is right now the runaway favorite. And so uh, if you want to make a wager on that, you can go ahead and do that. Speaking of wagers, speaking of fantasy football, speaking of survival football, all of that, it just means that it's time for us to remind you about what's going on with our partnership at Symbol. And of course, that's at S-I-M-B-U-L dot A-P-P backslash O-B-I. Symbol is where you can buy teams, sports teams, and invest in them like shares of stock. And 
right now, if you go there, you can use the promo code OBI and have a 90 day protection, a money back guarantee of deposits worth up to $500. Meaning if you go in there and within the first 90 days, you end up losing some money because of some poor investments or bad luck or what have you, that money is protected. So you have to use the promo code OBI. Uh, so deposits are covered up to $500 there. That is uh, very few sites that I can think of do a, a promotion like that, but it's just for our listeners and using the promo code OBI. So go check out simbull.app backslash OBI and take advantage of that. And I know that many of our listeners had invested in the Bengals right when we started this partnership early in the spring, and they have, uh, they've been making some money off of their investment in the Bengals based on what we're seeing so far. So, um, Hey, symbol S I M B U L L dot APP backs backslash OBI. Maybe they're part of the good luck charm this, this year, but, uh, at any rate, check out symbol and invest in that, um, and, and use that promo code OBI to get your 90 day, uh, deposit covered or protected for 90 days there by symbol. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's keep rolling, shall we? And transition into the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to the New York, uh, to New York to face the Jets. An interesting week for the Jets. They will not have rookie Kyle Wilson, which even though the Jets aren't winning games and aren't a good football team, it would have been a, a pretty added some excitement to this matchup, having Kyle Wilson uh, going up against Joe Burrow. But, um, you know, not not happening. And uh, so here we go. Zach Wilson, excuse me, I said Kyle Wilson. Um, here are some <laughs> options, if you will, in terms of who the Bengals are could face with Zach Wilson out. So you've got Mike White or you've got Josh Johnson, a guy who played for the Bengals a number of years ago in the Jay Gruden era. Um, so that is a possibility with um, my uh, Zach Wilson being out. And this is on cincyjungle.com. Josh Johnson, I I'm trying to remember the last time he had a start in the NFL. I'd have to, I, I think we got to look that up, but Mike white, you could see, you could see multiple quarterbacks in this one. Um, so you see there uh, the rest of the way finishing 20 of 32 did Mike white and, and two interceptions in one of his last starts. Um, he was a fifth round pick of the Dallas Cowboys a few years ago, but um, at any rate that those are two options as is well, I don't think he actually will be an option this week because of some eligibility semantics and whatnot. But the Jets also trade with the Eagles for Joe Flacco. Um, so Joe Flacco, I'm hearing he is not eligible to play this week. Um, I, so we'll we'll see what happens there. But 
Uh, he Flacco was with the Jets, then got picked up by the Eagles this year. He started four games last year and he went 0 and 4. He went 2 and 6 with the Broncos. So he has bounced around in now the last three years. He's been on four teams. Um, obviously spending a lot of time with Baltimore, won a Super Bowl with them, but uh, that is going to, uh, it's something to monitor this week. I'm hearing he is not eligible to start. We will see, but he is definitely going over there and added to the mix with all of the other quarterbacks that uh, <laughs> that are in the mix with Zach Wilson out. So that is, uh, yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing Brian and Iowa doing a Flacco chant. Um, so, uh, we'll, we'll see what, what happens there with all of the quarterback situations going on with the New York Jets. Okay. I, it's on one hand, it might be hard for the Bengals and Lou Anarumo to game plan for this week. Cause it's like, well, who are you going to see here? But obviously as the week progresses, we'll, we'll learn more. We'll find out more. Um, but even, even so, the Bengals will be big, big favorites on the road against the Jets here in week eight. And this is on CincyJungle.com. They are big road favorites coming up here. Uh, and I'm putting this in the pinning this in the chat. I know some people, when you listen to this episode, there's a little bit of clicking and stuff like that. It's because I'm giving the links for folks to read in the live chats. And for those who watch the videos after you can go to those links and check out the specific articles I am referencing and read those. So I apologize if the clicking gets a little annoying, but I want to make sure that folks are getting the sourced material that we talk about on here. So uh, the Bengals have opened up right now as eight and a half point favorites uh, per DraftKings. And if you watch our Thursday fantasy football show with the orange arrow we usually go use a site called the lines.com and that's kind of cool because it gives a lot of different sources for um you know it, what the lines are in different sources there but right now via DraftKings, eight and a half point favorites are the Bengals on the road to the jets a little bit again between the weird quarterback situation which in many ways is a big plus for the cincinnati Bengals because uh, you know, you don't have the excitement of having uh, Wilson in the lineup there. What you do have is kind of a, a little bit of an, an intrigue in terms of who you prepare for. Um, sometimes a guy that is multidimensional, I mean, Lamar Jackson put up a lot of uh, statistics and has done so in his time against the Bengals in this defense. So if Josh Johnson gets the nod, maybe that's uh, something where they can expose something, if you will. And of course, just the Jets are in rebuild mode and are desperate to get some positive momentum. Bengals coming off a big, big win, but the Bengals are seemingly healthy coming out of that win from Baltimore. Um, this may not want to overthink this too much in terms of the Bengals and their chances and whatnot, but still right now, eight and a half, uh, eight and a half point favorites against the Jets who are one and five. So that is on cincyjungle.com as well. And you can find the, the lines on a number of different sources. Before we uh, start cruising into AFC North news, one last piece of information that came across the wire on Tuesday, shortly before we took the air in terms of the Bengals 
roster and their additions, et cetera. This is the Bengals signed uh, Joe Batchy to the 53-man roster, and Thad Moss was restored to the practice squad. So I'll put that in the live chat for you all as well in the chat afterward. But Batchy has kind of bounced up uh, around the uh, – off and on the active roster uh, – Thad Moss was on the practice squad injured list. Uh, interesting to see what the future may hold for Thad Moss, especially coming off of National Tight Ends Day, and what a way to have celebrated that than with the big game from CJ Uzama. But Thad Moss um, is on the actual practice squad instead of the practice squad injured list. Um, he had a head or neck injury since the end of September. Um, and he was on IR with Washington last year with a foot injury. So he is not played in a regular season game. However, Moss did impress in preseason. Obviously has the rapport built up with Joe Burrow. I don't know that without an injury, I don't know that Moss will see the uh, active roster this year. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but uh, probably a developmental guy and a, a guy obviously that has rapport with Joe Burrow. So there's nothing wrong with that, but these are the recent moves the Bengals have made on the roster as of Tuesday. And of course we'll do more practice reports and all kinds of stuff as those come out throughout the week on cincyjungle.com. So you got to keep it to cincyjungle.com for your news, opinions, analysis, and a lot of the things I went over kind of encompass all of the, that uh, arena, right? There's a couple in there about opinions, obviously some factual stuff, some data, and then, of course, other items on there. So go check out cincyjungle.com. Appreciate you all listening. And just a quick reminder before we transition into uh, the AFC North news, you can get this show, the Orange and Black Insider, as part of the Cincy Jungle podcast channel. And you can subscribe to that channel on one of your favorite podcast streamers, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, any of the major ones, we are there. And it's not just this show. It is Orange is the New Black with Ace and Zim, as well as Coach Speak and Chalk Talk with Matt Minnick. So get all of those shows on the Cincy Joker Podcast channel. Make sure you subscribe to it. Leave us a rating there if you could. And of course, if you like the video stuff, and what we're doing on our channel, there is an icon right around there, I believe, in the corner that you can click on. And of course, subscribe, click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new material is available. And uh, we appreciate all of the viewership and all of the support of the program. It's, it's These are so much more fun to do when the team is atop the AFC North and atop the AFC. There's so much more enjoyment in these in these shows not only on my end but i can see it in the live chat remarks and the reviews and all, all kinds of stuff so um but a lot more enjoyable i'm telling you let's cruise into the afc north and we will start with the pittsburgh steelers and i thought this was a nice transitional one this is on our uh counterparts over at behind the steel curtain the part of the sb nation network just a point blank article Coming out today, sorry Steelers fans, but it looks like the Bengals are for real. And this is by Anthony DeFeo uh, on Behind the Steel Curtain. Um, and just kind of chronicling basically the the win that the Bengals had against the Steelers a few weeks ago. This decisive win against the Ravens. Of course, 
there are the the questions there a little bit of what if TJ Watt and uh, Alex Highsmith played. Of course, there were some griping of, and I guess rightfully so, from the Ravens in terms of how many guys they have on IR, how they've had to put things together with duct tape and bubble gum and all kinds of different stuff. Well, join the crew. This is something that the Bengals have had to endure for a long time. And thankfully, knock on wood, that's me literally knocking on wood, that it's not taking place this year and you're seeing the fruits of that. And of course the Bengals have just in general bolstered their depth a little bit more than they had in years past, but I'm going to put this in the live chat as well to give it a read. And uh, this is a, a good article there from behind the steel curtain, not only complimentary to the Cincinnati Bengals, but also just kind of noting and chronicling what the Bengals have done already this year, particularly in their two division games, obviously a couple of big ones coming up here. So uh, that is a little bit from the Steelers side of the fence. And we've got one more today. Well, I guess it was yesterday. Carson Palmer was on Dan Patrick's show and obviously Carson Palmer having ties to USC winning a Heisman trophy there has ties into what's going on in the USC head coaching job. Apparently he has been asked either his opinion or have been, has been kept in the loop on internal discussions in terms of candidates. There've been a couple of different names, including Luke Fickle of university of Cincinnati and others who could be on the short list, James Franklin uh, over at Penn state. Here is one that kind of emerged that was talked about was Mike Tomlin. And it's not clear if it's because Mike Tomlin wants potentially would want out of the situation with the Steelers, if there would be a mutual parting or if the Steelers end up kind of stumbling the rest of the way, uh, if they would actually let Mike Tomlin go. However, they're still in the thick of it. I mean, they're, they're sitting at, you know, 500 coming off a bye week. Um, Yes, they have a loss to the Bengals. That's, that's not good for them, but they have a big one against the Browns this week. And I want to share this. This was a really poignant and Mike Tomlin doesn't mince words and he is an intense dude. Um, He was asked about the possibility of coaching at USC next year. And his response in case you have not seen it was very poignant. And I don't think we'll be hearing much about this topic going forward here. This is from Ari Mayrov at my sports update. Uh, Have a listen. And Palmer connecting you to some college jobs. Hey, guys, I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. Um, I got one of the best jobs in, in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, that'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Okay? Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Thank you. Anybody asking Sean Payton about that? You know, anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? Wow. That is, wow. And and kudos to him. I quite honestly, I, I mean that he's focusing on turning this thing around. Obviously there has been a lot of things floating around about the Pittsburgh Steelers and not always complimentary in terms of this year, where they're headed he is feeling some heat, not only because of the lack of depth 
and the age of this roster that we're starting to see some of the areas that were trademark strengths of the Pittsburgh Steelers, namely the defensive line and the offensive line have been weak points. The quarterback has been up and down this year and the run game has struggled to get going. So some of these areas wherein they are always one of the best in the league um, have not been strengths. And I think that that is a, a coach that number one, I think he absolutely loves coaching there. Uh, number two, that he's he's not incorrect in his assessment of it being a premier job in professional sports. And number three, it's probably just a frustrating thing as you're in the in the middle of this kind of trying to keep this season together amid all this talk and controversy. And then you get asked this question about another job and are you going to bail? Are basically kind of insinuating your future is not here at this point in time. And uh, I think he just had enough of it, but uh, really, really poignant statements by Mike Tomlin. And I don't like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't like some of the things that seem to be installed in terms of trying to get things after the whistle and all of that. And we can go on and on and on. That's a, that's a podcast episode of its own, but what Mike Tomlin has done as the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach cannot be denied. He has never had a losing season since taking over that job, what, a decade and a half ago, something like that. He has a Super Bowl win. He has another Super Bowl loss. Um, so, you, look, uh, you, you can't deny what that guy has done, even from a Bengals perspective, when we don't really like a lot of things Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I, I thought that was a really, really intense and uh, I, if I was that reporter, I'd feel pretty small, pretty small there uh, if that if that occurred. So um, at any rate, let's keep rolling on here in the AFC North. There, they as I mentioned, the, the the Steelers are facing, getting set to face the Cleveland Browns. This week, a big, a big game for both of them because they are battling injuries. They're battling issues on their, on their teams. A lot of people thought the Browns would be the ones that are right there atop the AFC and not the Bengals. Uh, but they've had to battle a lot of different issues. They squeaked out a win over Denver with Case Keenum at, as quarterback last Thursday night. Here is the unofficial depth chart for week eight versus the Steelers here. You can see, um, look, look. The big one is right here at quarterback. They still have Baker as the uh, starter at quarterback this week. And this has been a deal that's been occurring since his injury against the Cardinals last week, um, furthering that labrum tear that he's got. Um, it, it, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Well, now you've got an extra week and a half rest. Um, this is probably something that needs to be surgically repaired in the offseason. Baker's going to for sure forego that until the offseason, I would assume he's going to try and play through that. Um, but, you know, it's also, you know, you got to keep player safety and whatnot in, in check. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do here, but for now, that's the one thing that kind of jumped up at me. Baker Mayfield is the starting quarterback on their unofficial depth chart for this week. You got Nick Chubb back at the top of the running back spot. Um, and then of course you have, uh, Jarvis Landry and others. Odell Beckham also dealing with uh, shoulder injuries to both um, both shoulders there. So 
look, I mean, they're they're bruised and battered a little bit, but they're they're trying to put it together. And this, I really feel like this one's going to decide that whoever wins or loses this game, it's going to really kind of start to decide the fate of their season, especially if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you have a loss to the Browns, if you have a loss to the Cincinnati Bengals already, you're own two in that division. Um, you know, that's, that's not the way you want to, you want to go there. So um, I, I feel like that's a, a big, big game for them just to kind of climb back into things there. I, I don't know who to really root for at this point in time. It's one of those games where you go, oh, I just, uh, as a Bengals fan, it's not, it's not your favorite week of the year when those two play and you get it twice a year, but at any rate, the Browns are actually three-point favorites in this one against the Steelers with the over-under at 43.5. This is at Dogs by Nature, um, the counterparts of ours at Cincy Jungle in the SB Nation Network. So go check that one out. Um, but three-point favorites are the Browns coming up here uh, against the Steelers. That doesn't happen very often, folks. So uh, there you go. That is what's going on with the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers as those two get set to face off in a big AFC North match. We're going to be here for a few more minutes. I've got a couple more things to get to. Um, one more as it pertains to, because we've talked a lot of Ravens and whatnot already with the Bengals beating them. Here is just one more. We've got one more AFC North. We're going to transition into the NFL news and then get on out of here. There's an article on the Baltimore Ravens official website um, that the sky isn't falling for the Ravens secondary and Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey, of course, being one of the best defensive backs in the league. He plays inside, he plays outside, and uh, is, has been a multi-time pro bowler. Unfortunately, I think there is more pressure on Marlon Humphrey with Marcus Peters being out and, and others. But uh, look, Marlon Humphrey had a rough day against the Bengals particularly against Jamar Chase. He was also seen um, on one of Uzama's touchdowns that he he didn't make the tackle on that one. Um, but he said, uh, again, here, here's his own Twitter account, giving up 250 yards hurts. I got to play better time to get back in the lab. Um, so he he recognized it. He had a rough one. Um, and so, I look, I mean, I think we're all – expecting Jamar Chase to continue to be a very good player and will continue to explode in this rookie season. I don't know that we can necessarily expect a game like this from the, the Ravens secondary and Marlon Humphrey in the rematch, but they are acknowledging and he is acknowledging that they have work to do after what the Bengals did to them, after what Jamar Chase did to them this last week. So uh, I guess maybe thanks Captain Obvious Anthony, that uh, we have th that they're saying that, but that's those are the headlines over at Baltimore, and they are working to correct the issues that ailed them this last week. There was transitioning to the NFL, there was a little bit more history made this week with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The seven-time Super Bowl champion uh, threw his 600th touchdown pass, career touchdown pass, which is just like insane. Uh, but he threw his 600th touchdown pass. Mike Evans, who caught it, 
mistakenly kind of, or I shouldn't say mistakenly, he was celebrating and the ball went into the end, uh, outside of the end zone and outside the field and the fan got it. Um, just kind of wasn't thinking, was obviously celebrating. And then they tried to get the ball back. The fan, I guess, was very agreeable and amenable to giving it back to the team, giving it back to Tom Brady. The team gave the fan something in, in the ballpark of like a thousand dollars to their team store. I think he's getting some autograph memorabilia from Tom Brady himself, including like a Jersey and footballs and all kinds of different stuff. Um, and Tom Brady is also giving a Bitcoin to the fan who had the football and is giving it back. So for those of you, we talked about symbol and other investment stuff. And, and obviously we do fantasy football shows and whatnot on this channel. So I don't know how many of you do the Bitcoin thing. I do not admittedly. Um, I, I think I'm too dumb to figure out how that stuff all works, but at any rate, there you go. Bitcoin to uh, a Buccaneers fan. I thought that was interesting along with everything else that the fan got from the team for giving that football back and uh, letting others celebrate with it instead of hanging on to it. Um, and, and, Barstool Sports president Dave Portnoy talked about how how dumb it was of the the guy uh, the fan to give it away give the ball back right away could have hung on to it for a lot more money etc. I I don't know I mean I don't know what I would do either in that situation um, easier to say one way or the other from our, our seats but I also think Dave was a little seeing a little dollar signs that day because in case you had not heard Dave Portnoy put down close to a quarter of a million dollars on the Cincinnati Bengals to cover the game against the Ravens. And when they won, he won another basically quarter of a million dollars. He won like 550 grand total, um, including his, you know, that includes his initial bet. But I think he was just kind of seeing some dollar signs maybe on that one. So at any rate, uh, just some interesting stuff here as it goes with fans, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the GOAT. Tom Brady. Let's roll on here. Just a couple of news and notes around the league. And this will maybe affect fantasy football teams and, and whatnot. Um, I guess we'll start there. Just kind of start with some, my uh, like not so headline news here, but Jerry Judy is expected to return Sunday against Washington. What his impact will be. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see here. The Bengals, play Denver later in the season. Denver was looking like a really good team to start off this, this year. They were three and zero, and now have since lost four straight. So uh, Jerry Judy, their first round pick from last year is expected to make a comeback this week going forward after the uh, ankle injury he suffered early this season that has personally speaking affected a <laughs> fantasy football team of mine. So um, yeah, Going on, continuing on with some more uh, talk with the Jets. It's not necessarily Jets slash Bengals, but it's the Jets. And so I wanted to get to this one here. The Jets owner, Woody Johnson, has, quote, unwavering steadfast confidence in both Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. Um, so those are kind of the powers that be with the rebuild effort in New York. Obviously, they just decided to start over. We talked about... Um, Zach Wilson and taken over there from Sam Darnold. They moved on from Darnold and wanted to do that. Wilson now hurt for anywhere from two to four weeks. He will be out. Um, and Woody Johnson just kind of 
There's a fall league meeting this Tuesday, and he has unwavering steadfast confidence in general manager Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. And then, of course, we will get it right, is what he told Mike Garofalo, just a very young team with a 22-year-old quarterback. He's seeing things for the first time. Um, So Douglas has been there for two drafts, and Sala's obviously in his first year there. But they are not ready to wave the white flag on those two and give up on this so early. So we'll probably be seeing those folks in their positions with the Jets at least for another year or two. So, uh, but we've seen owners get real, especially in that market. We've seen them get very, very antsy in terms of wanting to make a move. Uh, The NFL, I think this is also coming out of that fall meeting here as well. The NFL is enacting new enhancements to the Rooney rule for the next hiring cycle. This is on NFL.com as well from Tom Pelissero. Um, So basically the league in recent years has mandated multiple interviews with minority candidates from outside of the organization for top job openings. Um, So in May, owners tabled a proposal by the Buffalo Bills to delay the head coaching cycle with interviews only after championship games and no hires until after the Super Bowl in February um, did not did not work. Um, so this is something they're going to continue to talk about, and uh, it looks like they um, they're going to make some changes here. So uh, some I- interesting stuff coming out of this fall meeting as it pertains to the Rooney Rule. There, that's on NFL.com. Uh, The scouting combine will be back at least for next year in Indianapolis. It's been a staple in Indianapolis for years and years and years, but it may be moving, whether it's between, you see here, Dallas, Los Angeles, obviously with their two huge facilities. Um, And uh, it, it will be back in Indianapolis this year, obviously with COVID stuff that's been affecting the scouting combine but uh you can see here the combine yeah i said years and years 1987 it's been in indianapolis obviously just because it's kind of right smack in the middle of the u.s it helps uh teams kind of travel there gives it an even travel to for for most teams there and so uh there you go it's looking like it's going to be there in indy next year we'll see what happens in the years after that um let's cruise on couple more and we will get on out of here the let's go to cbs sports and this one is the uh 2022 mock draft now they have an imperfect science as to where teams are placed um in terms of you know obviously with incomplete seasons being done but hey it's never too early for a mock draft sometimes it is i'm lying But uh, at any rate, let's see who they have in terms of interesting names landing where where, and then obviously what the Bengals would potentially be doing in this one. And they have an interesting pick for the Bengals in this one. I don't know that they would go this route. They've done it once recently, but that was kind of an anomaly. We'll see. At any rate, you see Kayvon Thibodeau, the outstanding edge rusher from Oregon going number one overall with Jacksonville, of course, having the quarterback of the future there in Trevor Lawrence. They have a defensive end going to Houston. Uh, You know, 
obviously the Deshaun Watson situation. Does Tua go over there in Houston? And then they believe that Tua is the guy in Houston. Who knows? They have another defensive end in Houston there. Um, you've got, uh, let's see, Washington taking Matt Corral, the quarterback out of Old Miss, who is playing under Lane Kiffin right now. You have Linderbaum, a guy who a lot of folks had the Bengals potentially taking late in this first round. Tyler Lindenbaum out of Linderbaum out of Iowa, uh, interior offensive lineman, um, going eighth to the Giants. And they have the Cincinnati Bengals picking 16th, and they have a tight end, Jalen Weidermeyer. And this, it, they note here that he was Kellen Mond's favorite target and whatnot. Here's the deal. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, C.J. Uzama is in a contract year. Um, you've got questions with Drew Sample. What do you do with Thad Moss? Just kind of a thin position group there. But with Riley Reef kind of having that fluid contract as well. You've got Quentin Spain on a one-year deal. Um, you know, presumably you can keep those guys if you really want, but you need to see some more development out of Jackson Carmen. Uh, what does the future hold for Deontay Smith after a knee injury? Maybe offensive line is is the pick that ends up happening here, or depending on how the board falls, cornerback. But they have the Bengals going tight end as they did a few years ago in the middle, late part of the first round with Tyler Eifert. Um not something they normally do, though, in terms of grabbing a tight end, but that's what they have on CBS Sports. I put the link in the live chat there, so check that out. Let's go and end it, shall we, on some power rankings and the generous, the very generous Pete Prisco, uh, who, a guy who talks very positively about the Bengals quite often, and he, look at the headline. Bengals making believers of us all after blasting Ravens while Chiefs in free fall. By the way, the Chiefs, all of a sudden there are a lot of games, not only because the Bengals are showing out well, but a lot of games that are remaining on the schedule that seem so daunting. Another one against Baltimore at home. That won't be easy, but you saw what they did in Baltimore. Um, the second one against the Steelers at home. That won't be easy, but you saw what they did in Pittsburgh. You've got the Chiefs. You've got others um, that, that are coming down the pike here that all of a sudden they went toe-to-toe with Green Bay. Um, so all of a sudden you've got some games that, yeah, they'll be tough, but between the Bengals' rise to prominence and these teams looking a little more vulnerable than we thought, um, that is something that you got to like. They've got the Cardinals, the Packers, the Rams, and the Buccaneers in the top four with the Cowboys rounding out the top five. They've got the Bills at six, and there are your Cincinnati Bengals on Pete Prisco's CBS Power Rankings list at number seven. And what he writes is that victory over the Ravens should have them gaining confidence by the week. This is a young team that will only get better. He had them rise up from five spots from last week. Uh, again, behind the Bills, behind the Cowboys, behind the Buccaneers, Rams, Packers, and Cardinals. So getting some respect and some love here. In the power rankings are the Cincinnati Bengals and from Pete Prisco. So you gotta you gotta like that. Let's end it there. Some good, some good vibes. I've got the Aloha vibes with the hat here. So let's end with some good vibes in terms of the Cincinnati Bengals. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Again, go get this show and the others on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. 
You can find that on your on any major audio streamer and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to get notified when stuff, uh, when we go live, etc. Check me out on Strawberry Ice's program tomorrow. Also, I want to uh, note that I was also on another podcast last week. Thomas Connors uh, hosted that one. That program is available. It's on. It's just called the Jungle Podcast. Um, so you can find it. It's on. It's a YouTube channel. Check that out. Um, we've got Strawberry Ice tomorrow, and then we've got a special time. We're going live at about seven seven fifteen p.m. Eastern tomorrow. I've got a a personal thing coming up that uh, to to prohibit me from going at our usual time of eight thirty. So join us live earlier tomorrow, about seven seven fifteen p.m. Eastern. We'll be going live, talking about the Ravens game, talking about the Jets game, and much much more. Excited to to have it uh, have it be part of a positive conversation, obviously, as it pertains to the Bengals. So check it out. And we'll continue to bring you all kinds of different content, including fantasy football previews, listener questions live, post-game reactions, all the good stuff. And hopefully you're enjoying it. Thanks, everybody. Have a good rest of your week. We'll be seeing you with a lot of other episodes this week. But uh, take it easy in the meantime. We'll talk to you later.